welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. Merry meet. My name is Amberly, And I am Margot, and we are very happy to have you. Absolutely. All right. So this is our mini-sode. Uh, we've got a lot to cover this mini-sode. We've got waning moon magic. We've got new moon in Scorpio energy. We've got the solar eclipse energy. And we've got Tuesday magic. It's a whole lot going on. Yeah. Uh, but first, before we get into that, I have a question for you, Amberly. Oh, what's that? Did you do your homework? I did. Yes, I did do my homework. I did. Well, not all of it, because that was a fucking lot. Yeah, you had a you had quite quite the list of homework, whereas I had um, technically one movie requirement for my homework, which was uh, Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost, which I actually just finished watching like a half an hour ago. Nice. Nice. Before we crack into that, though, we do have an announcement to make. What is that? We have two new patrons. Ah, yes, we do. Phoenix and Tabitha. Phoenix and Tabitha. We love you guys. Fucking rock stars. Yes. We love you. (laughs) Okay. So tell me, what did you think about Scooby-Doo and the witch's ghost? Uh, well, um, I thought it was rife with misinformation about Wiccans and harmful, uh, implications about witches in general. Mm-hmm. 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 But, uh, other than that, it was kind of cute and kind of fun. Yeah. It was Scooby-Doo, so. It was cute and fun. It, yeah, it was, I mean, if, I hope that nobody actually takes any historical references from that movie to be factual in any way, shape, or form. Uh, please don't. But it was cute and it was fun. Wasn't that listed on the list of movies where they got witches right again? Yeah. Again, that title just really chaps my ass because it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Implying that um, a healer from the Puritan era, which is the six, like the 17, 16 to 1700s, which is way vague but you know what i mean uh implying that a healer from way back then was a wiccan mm-hmm. is completely insane i know you're so cute oh my goodness what but was- it was i mean a scooby-doo show yeah it was all in good halloween fun yeah what did you think of the fear street trilogy i know that you actually watched that one i did watch that one i really really liked it yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Um, it's a little gory for me, but I just like didn't look, you know, on those times when I knew that somebody was going to have, you know, their head cut up in like something disgusting. But it was really good because, you know, I don't really like films that are, I think we've talked about this, that are like something that could really happen in real life. So this one was paranormal and gory. But it was so good, and the story was great. Yeah. The whole thing, yeah. So good. I loved it. Yeah, and the fact that it was inspired by R.L. Stein, Fear Street books. You know, you've got a whole generation of people who grew up reading those, loving R.L. Stein, totally mm-hmm. geeking out over this. They they did it right. They did. They they gave us like the ultimate bonus material. They're. I just love it. I just honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with those movies. I love them so much. I feel like I 
would like to have like um, a month where I just sit down and only read R.L. Stein. That would be cool. It would be so much fun. Yeah, definitely. I haven't picked one of those up in a really, really long time. I wonder how they uh, how they hold up. I don't know. I know my son has some, and I bet you can find a shit ton of them at like the Goodwill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't tempt me. I already considered buying, like, searching out and buying the entire collection of Fear Street. <laughs> and there's much more than just Fear Street. Uh, was there anything else on your list that you watched? I can't remember. Oh yeah, um, I watched. Uh, the Pale Door. Okay. Did you watch that one? I did not. You need to watch that one. Okay. Did you like it? It was a stinker. It, yeah. Okay. It wasn't great. Honestly, I'm just as intrigued when somebody tells me a movie is bad than when they say it's great. Well, I mean, obviously, if someone is like, this is the best movie I've I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. I'm probably going to watch it sooner than this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, but I'm, I'm almost just as intrigued. Right. Well, it wasn't the worst, but it certainly wasn't far off. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, so it's, it's based in, you know, old Western United States. Right. And so it's a bunch of cowboys and stuff. And the, main characters uh like botch a um train robbery Hmm. and they have to hide in this haunted town overnight oh Uh, that sounds fun yeah i mean it's the premise is cool it's like an old western ghost story but uh yeah just was not executed as well as it could have been like um have you ever seen Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. You, if, at first, you would think that would be a terrible idea. But they actually pulled it off pretty well. It was all right. Yeah, that was a fun movie. Yeah. It worked. It was, yeah. I felt like it was um, more of an action, a- action, kind of sci- action sci-fi, I guess. I guess I would, if I had to try to categorize yeah. it. But yeah, it was yeah. fun. Yeah. But I mean, like that one, I'm, I'm just... Like you can you can mesh the two genres mm-hmm. well, and I feel like they could have meshed those two gen- the two genres of of you know a ghost movie and or a horror movie and a western. I feel like they could have just done it better. Yeah, I saw uh, Bone Tomahawk several years ago, and that was a western horror that I thought was really really well done. Um, but yeah, it's definitely that's definitely a mashup that doesn't happen too often, and, and it's pretty good. I like it. You know, and I feel like it's just one that should be done more often because it could absolutely be, there could be so many ways you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched Don't Knock Twice today. What'd you think um, of I really, really liked it until the last 30 seconds. Mm. Isn't that the worst when that happens? I fucking hate it when that happens. The rest of the movie is fucking phenomenal and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, that last 30 seconds, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so. All right. It's worth it to watch. Okay. Yeah. And, still, and other people might like that kind of situation at the end. But I just was not pleased. I still have to rewatch it, uh, which okay. I said I was going to do because 
the major element of the movie, um, I either don't remember it or it went over my head. So I have to, I just have to do it again. And, and that happens a lot. So um, this past weekend, I had um, two of the beans stay over for the weekend mm-hmm. uh, because we had the gem show and South Jersey Pagan Pride. And we decided to watch some Halloween movies on Saturday night. And we watched um, The Babysitter and the sequel to The Babysitter, which is The Babysitter Killer Queen. Um, I just wanted them to watch it because it's a fun, like, comedy horror. Mm -hmm. And as we were watching it, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm watching this for the first time because there's so much that I just did not remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I definitely need to rewatch Don't Knock Twice, and I need to watch The Pale Door. So you actually did much more homework than I did. All I did was (laughs) Scooby-Doo. I still have... Murder House, The Blair Witch Project, Stardust, Suspiria, and The Wretched. So I really didn't do as well as you think. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep at it. Next time, <laughs> next time we record, I'll have I'll be able to talk about rewatching Don't Knock Twice. I'll have watched The Pale Door. Uh, I'll have watched the new Halloween movie that is coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably will have watched um, the Midnight. Club, which is a new series on oh, that looks good Netflix that I want to watch. Uh, I did watch the first episode of Interview with the Vampire, but I think I should wait to talk about it on the Halloween Tarian tirade. Okay, should I watch that? So far, one episode is out, and I loved it, but I don't. I don't want to dive into it until the Tarian tirade because I just feel like it's super appropriate. Okay, but let's dive into this. Let's dive okay. into this episode. All right, so. The new moon in Scorpio. Take it away. (laughs) All right. So Scorpio, uh, a lot of people that are not big into astrology or that are new to astrology are actually really surprised when they find out that Scorpio is not a fire sign. Um, I was surprised uh, because they are certainly fiery in their behaviors, but they are actually a water sign. And so when I found out that they were a water sign, I asked Teresa Marisa, who is our astrology queen, guru. I mean, all those big words. She's amazing. And she is uh, over at Two Geminis and a Leo, which is an astrology podcast. Um, I asked her about it because I was just like, what? And she explained to me that um, they, they are a water sign, but they represent deep water, like deep water, like Mariana Trench deep. So because of this, they seem like they're kind of an emotional wasteland, uh, but they're they're feeling emotions extremely, very, very deep. <laughs> um, so they're definitely emotional. It's just that you don't see it and they don't express it like like, you know, the other water signs where it's pretty much on their right there on their sleeve. So they are an interesting sign as well because they're actually ruled by two planets, uh, Pluto and Mars. Um, They are intense, they are magnetic, they are sexual, creative, deep, and curious. Um, I am definitely not short of Scorpios in my life. Um, I'm married to one. Uh, My aunt, who is one of the most important people in my life, is one. My mother is one and my sister is one. (laughs) So I have lots of Scorpios and, um, it's interesting. My mother and my sister-in-law are Scorpios also. 
yeah, they can definitely um, be different than each other for sure. What I do find about Scorpios is <laughs> that they are all uh, pretty clean people. The ones that I know are pretty anal retentive about cleanliness. But those are just the ones I know. Could be different. Got it. So. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. They're also my our, our sister signs. That's right. Taurus and Scorpio. That's right. So Taurus and Scorpio frequently find themselves at odds with each other for that reason. And having them, both of our mothers are Scorpios, whereas we are Tauruses. And mm -hmm. uh, I have a sister-in-law that is a Scorpio. And you said you... My sister. Yes. So it's my stepmother and my stepsister, but... Yes. So yeah. those are close relationships. And not only that, but those top dog female relationships at odds with each other sometimes mm -hmm. sisters mother and daughter yeah. and sister signs happening <laughs> it's funny that we both have that going on yeah um certainly when i was growing up with my new step family uh we were very 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 much at odds with each other <laughs> um but we've grown to love each other and appreciate each other as we've aged it makes sense it makes sense yeah. So how does that translate uh, to our new moon energy? I have the new moon in Scorpio moonology card, and it says this card suggests rebirth. Think of your situation as the phoenix that's rising from the ashes, as the birth, death, rebirth paradigm. That's what Scorpio energy is all about. Whatever you've been through, there's a new start ahead. It might be a little dark. It almost certainly won't be rainbows and unicorns, but it will be deep and transforming. This card can also suggest that if you know you are magic, then this is the time to work your magic. It can also herald a start of a sexier time if you've been experiencing something of a drought and emotional intimacy is also on the menu. Scorpio is the sign that likes to go deep into body, mind, and spirit. So when this card comes up, there's nothing superficial about what's coming your way. Attune to the moon, have some sexy time. Additional meanings for this card is that it's time to let go of a grudge you're holding, uh, move on from jealousy, stop being obsessive. It could be you're being paranoid, uh, or it's time to make an, invest an investment. The teaching is that Scorpio is the sign of death and rebirth, magic and shamans. Its energy is a little bit dark, occult, and even scary. Not all of us like to face the shadow, but Scorpio demands it. In fact, it's through working through your dark side that you can get to the light. And the new moon in Scorpio and the appearance of this card at any other time suggests you need to do that now. So with new moons being new beginnings, it certainly sounds like it's a great time to start your shadow work if you haven't done that yet in your okay. Um, So that is a perfect segue into the spell card that I chose today. Okay. Um, it's, it's about sexy time. <laughs> Conjuring pleasure. Uh, this is from the practical witches spell deck. I found another one that I liked. So that um, just made sense for this. Uh, you're going to make a vow to bring forth all your sensual power. You will radiate passion and be intensely drawn to your lover. Perform this ritual at the next new moon in Scorpio <laughs> or a full moon. If you're not going to do it in the new moon in Scorpio, um, you're going to collect essential oils, candles, and a drink of your choice. 
begin with a blissful bath in oil-scented water. It doesn't choose the scents, so I guess go with ones that make you feel sexy. Um, I don't know, maybe rose. I love, I love a good rose oil. Uh, sip in a darkened room, raise a cup of jasmine tea, a glass of wine, or whatever your special drink is, and speak this spell aloud. Now I awaken the goddess in me. I surrender to love's power. Tonight I will heat the night with my fire. As I drink this cup, my juices flower. I am alive. I am love. And so it is. I like that. that it. I like that very much. Yeah. Sexy time. Sexy time. Sexy germ. <laughs> so this new moon is also bringing something else extra special with it. A solar eclipse. Mm -hmm. Whether or not you agree with practicing or not practicing uh, during any sort of eclipse, it doesn't change the fact that certain energies are there and you can choose to work with them or not. So let's talk about that solar eclipse energy. This is actually from cafeastrology.com. This eclipse can illuminate our emotional and financial investments and possibly challenge them. We might take steps towards self-mastery and self-empowerment by tackling things that undermine us and take, our, take away our power, such as compulsive behaviors, addictions, or substantial debts. We might work on intimacy, not only with others, but also with ourselves. Circumstances may be such that we are nudged or encouraged to see others' values and to consider them rather than expect them to share the same perspective as ours. That is difficult for many, many people to step outside of their own perspective. Or we now must take steps towards managing and handling our shared resources, our debts, or taxes more effectively. An intimate par partnership may be left behind or a source of money might end. And either of these situations pushes us to learn to deepen ourselves and to recognize that we don't necessarily need these things to survive. On the other hand, if we've been keeping things to ourselves, now is the time to reach out and get the support we need. Ultimately, we are now in a position to understand that changes or endings are necessary for our own growth and that we can handle these things. Scorpio new moons are generally good for working on our self-mastery skills. We may want to pinpoint the things in our lives that make us feel out of control, such as addictions and debts, and work on freeing ourselves from these emotional burdens. We can explore what is missing in our lives that leads us to engage in self-destructive behaviors. I mention this part because with the eclipse, we might experience a strong urge to act on impulse. However, it will be important to avoid jumping to conclusions and asserting ourselves without considering others' feelings and reactions. There is a big difference between asserting ourselves from a place of healthy confidence and asserting ourselves brashly and blindly, which can give us a false sense of confidence or bravery. Flaws in an important system in our lives reveal themselves around the time of the eclipse, prompting us to redo or to start fresh. Something ends in order for something else to start anew. We may be called to give up something in order to find to move forward into a new chapter in our lives. Although the new may be unrecognizable, it is important to allow the necessary surrender to the unknown. An eclipse occurs close to the nodal axis, and this eclipse is closer to the south node of the moon. We should watch for clinging to things that act as crutches in our lives. And that is what I have on the solar eclipse. <laughs> this sounds like it's gonna be a fun, fun solar eclipse. It is. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Hold on to your britches. 
That's hilarious. Okay. I have something to read from the Llewellyn's Witches Date Book 2022. It is the October Moon Divination. As we draw closer to Samhain, the veils between the worlds begin to grow thinner. Many witches take advantage of this time of year to practice some form of divination. This may involve tarot cards, rune stones, scrying bowls, or other magical tools. But if you don't have any of these or aren't comfortable using them, you can do a simple ritual for divination using a pendulum. This might be a beautiful gemstone point suspended from a silver chain, but you can craft one using something as simple as a paper clip and a piece of string. To activate a pendulum, you need to discover how it talks to you. Ask it a question for which the answer is yes and see which way it swings. Then ask a question, a question for which the answer is no and it should swing in the opposite direction, left to right, right to left, or clockwise and counterclockwise. Then light a candle or sit under the moon and ask simple yes or no questions to discover what you need. And that little excerpt was written by Deborah Blake. Nice. It's a great time to get familiar with some pendulum work, especially as we get closer and closer to Samhain and the opportunity for spirit work becomes more prevalent. (laughs) Okay, so before we actually hit that new moon, or actually I should say, um, you know, before I talk about the waning moon, I should talk about Tuesday magic because that new moon in Scorpio and the solar eclipse does fall on Tuesday. So if you're looking for, um, you know, a little bit, some other kind of energy to work with, you can focus on Tuesday magic. Uh, Tuesday is ruled by Mars. So the themes that unsurprisingly you will find on Tuesday, energy is war, enemies, matrimony, charms of aggression, ambition, lust slash sexual potency, that new moon Scorpio energy again, activate, uh, it's great for activating protective ambulance, for reversing hexes and psychic attacks, for cultivating personal strength, Anything that has to do with a fight, uh, fights for power, fight to win, win an argument, court cases, anything like that, games of skill in particular. Tuesday is, since it is ruled by Mars, um, it's a great time to get familiar with or to strengthen your um, relationship with the planetary energies of Mars. Uh, I myself am an Aries rising, so I do uh, like to try to work with Mars on Tuesdays, um, just in the form of, you know, veneration. Uh, And I do have a modern prayer to Mars by Marina Orms that I use. And it goes, Mars, with your strength and might, with your untiring effort, with your steadfast courage and willingness to defend and protect my intentions against all of their enemies within or without with your skillful wielding of the spear and ability to cut out what does not serve me as the driver of the chariot of my soul in this incarnation. I call upon you now. Send me your unwavering strength and courage that I may release completely for all time my compulsions to act unconsciously. Help me to subdue and remove from my being any inclinations that do not serve my highest potential and the greatest good for all beings on earth and beyond. Give me the courage and the audacity to do my part, to consciously and intentionally create a peaceful, harmonious, and sustainable world 
for myself and my fellow beings for uncountable generations into the future. I am willing to own my power with patience, compassion, and love in every moment. Really, it's all just, it all goes, it's all blending together beautifully. The new moon yeah. in Scorpio, the lunar eclipse, and Tuesday energy. It's the solar eclipse, isn't it? Yeah, the solar eclipse. Thank you for that correction. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk about was the waning moon, because we're going to have some waning moon action energy before uh, that new moon does get here. Uh, and we haven't covered it before, so I just very quickly wanted to go over um, the kind of energy that the waning moon brings. So the waning gibbous moon, which is directly after the full moon, uh, during this phase, take the opportunity to become a witness, an observer of your own thoughts and actions. Become who you truly are, an omnipresent spiritual being. Be nothing. Create space for potential to sprout into existence. Forget self-limiting beliefs, negative thoughts, and doubts of your capability. Uh, the themes here are observance, rest, recording, meditation, and study. As we enter into the third quarter moon, it signifies maturity, a hinge towards the end of life, uh, in parentheses, death, or a time of maturity in a woman's womb, in parentheses, the beginning of life. During this time, accept endings and let go with grace. Flow through this phase with great hope for new beginnings. The themes here are decreasing, banishing, counter magic, destroying, crone honoring, meditation, and releasing. When we reach the crescent, the waning crescent moon, it is a time for rest. This phase reminds us that taking breaks is also essential for, all, for our well-being. This time is best spent with the spiritual bath or a day with friends and family. Again, the themes are decreasing, banishing, counter magic, destroying, crone honoring, meditation, and releasing. Finally, we, become, we come to the dark moon. Now, a lot of people associate the dark moon and the new moon as the same phase. Some people still um, associate, uh, still see the dark moon as a separate phase. That when That is when the moon is completely absent from the sky. There's no light. And then the new moon following is when that's, there's the first sliver. So it's it's entirely up to you. There are uh, a couple different schools of thought there that some people agree with or disagree with. Um, but if you're looking to just work with dark moon energy, um, then you can focus on entropic magic, shadow work, dark moon magic, endings, death magic, the crone of wisdom, any other new moon magic associated with the new moon in Scorpio that we already covered. Awesome. Very nice. I have one more thing to share, and it's just a tarot spread. Since we're working on divination, coming toward the, the thinning of the veil, that's a simple five-card spread done in a circle, starting uh, with the card to the left. This is going to be card number one. What is a major theme of Scorpio season for me? Card number two is going to be to the right, and that is how will this theme impact me? Card number three is going to be above the card number one, and that is what is something I have been avoiding emotionally. And card number four is above number two. How can I align my feelings and my actions this season? And card number five, how can I embrace introspection this season? Uh, so this is actually from Emerald Lotus Divination. Um, they have some pretty cool tarot spreads, actually. I'm going to have to look a little more into their stuff. Cool. Cool. All right. I think we did it. Yeah. 
well. Next episode is our Samhain episode. Samhain special. Also <laughs> special. <laughs> special. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next time. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. Our address is The Hearth and Hedge, P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, 08003. We also have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving us a review wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you.